Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 489 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. Todd, how are we doing today? I'm doing great and super impressed by the opening of the show, right? Already, At, right out the gate. First take. First take Jones, they called me back in the day. <laughs> That's right. One, I was one take Todd when I used to make movies with my cousin. So, mm. I, I, I've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating because it's probably been a while since I uh, told this story. When I was uh, Chikara director of fun and I had to film wraparound things or like a YouTube exclusive or whatever deals. I would have to drive down to a lair down in Allentown. (laughs) Right. It was like the third floor of a soon to be abandoned building where there was just a bunch of junk Mm -hmm. and it would all depend. Cause I was one take Jones back in the day. It Mm -hmm. was like, you give me the verbiage. (laughs) How do you want me to say it? Okay. I'll get, you know, uh, and like, I do it to your liking the first time. If you want me to do it a little bit differently, I will absolutely give you a second or third take, as I've done more recently for other people uh, on projects that they've had me do. But the issue would be is as long as I got there before the other people that had to film, I could get my shit done and go back home. Like there would be times where I would drive from here to Allentown, film my stuff for 10 minutes and then drive home and go like like turn around and just go back home. Right, But then there'd be times where I'd hit traffic and then other people would be there or somebody else would be running late. And the longer they took to get there, that means the longer that other people would go before me. Because I would always defer to the other people. I'm like, oh, no, no, you go ahead and get your stuff done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I know, um, you know, I knew I can get my stuff done in one take. So there'd be times where I'd be down there for 10 minutes and there'd be other times where I'd be down there for four hours. Right. Luckily, those days are over, and I don't leave my house for any reason whatsoever. No, no, but in the future you may be, but that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story, because we do have stuff to discuss uh, this week on the show in news. Todd, is it is an all-DC news segment. So, all positive stories, got it. I didn't say that, Todd. <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, a return of the grading on you segment, which is becoming a little bit more regular uh, as CGC are continuing uh, their ways. Mm-hmm. Good or bad. That's up to you as well. Uh, conventions this weekend. Not too, too many of those. Digital books and sales. A bunch of those. What we read this past week, uh, which would be X-Men Fantastic Four number one, as well as Hawkeye Freefall number one and two. What we're looking forward to coming uh, out this week, um, I think we had an art attack. Yes, we did. And then TV talk with the most recent episodes of The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Doctor Who, and uh, who knows what will come from those. Who <laughs> knows what will come from those. So you got to put your finger on your nose. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, I don't know what that means. That's some yeah. sort of code or something. Yeah, it's uh, you know something that's indicative of Doctor Who, so... All right, so uh, as we are getting closer to Free Comic Book Day, I guess information is coming out about what this uh, G5 thing is going to be, Generation Zero, the new DC timeline, whatever that is, right? Mm-hmm. 
because there is going to be a free comic book day thing in there that is going to, I guess, be the beginning of that summer event. Right. Uh, We don't know who the writer of it is going to be just yet. I know that there's Wonder Woman stuff and Flash stuff that could be leaning into that. But at least we have a more conclusive name at Generation Zero and the fact of when it could be coming out, which is this summer. Right. And as I read this news story, at least it didn't blow up the ending of Flash Forward, the miniseries, at all, which pretty much it did. If you're reading Flash Forward, don't look at any news sites involving this this, uh, free comic book day comic because Mm -hmm. it gives it all away. That's all I'm going to say. Who would have thought the Flash would be involved with some sort of time travel business? Right, and but it's the real Flash, Wally West. Oh, that's right. Right, so. Now, this may or may not have anything to do with uh, that, but as we talk about other DC books being changed, the current Grant Morrison, Liam Sharp, Green Lantern series, it's actually been an ongoing, but they've been doing it in like 12-issue chunks. Mm-hmm. The most recent 12-issue chunk just got changed to an 8-issue chunk. Well, at least we know. Right. They're letting us know. I don't even know what issue is out. Oh, issue 1 of it is coming out this week. And it was, like I said, solicited as a 12-issue miniseries and is now being solicited as as an 8-issue miniseries. Right. I know nothing about all that because of there's a certain writer on that book that I try to stay away from. So yes, but at least uh, is Inferior Five still on track to come out? Sadly, no, Todd. <sighs> so no updates in regards to any delays on any Marvel books. Of course, I checked. I have the uh, the Diamond solicitation for the J.J. Abrams and Son Spider-Man book. And from last week, there has been no change in the dates or no removals from the solicitations whatsoever. Uh, we are still on track to have the final issue of that come out. Never. Oh, I mean, <laughs> the the last week of May. Wow. You're terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the DC side of things, uh, we talked about that Superman villains and Superman heroes books. Uh, I think Superman Heroes is actually coming out this week, finally. But the Villains book is now falling further and further uh, to the beginning of March now. Mm-hmm. The uh, Doom Patrol book, which feels like not part of DC, really. Because it was one part of... of that Jared Way kind of corner of things. It was a young animal, it was called. Yeah, part yeah. of that uh, imprint that when they when DC was like, we're going to have 12 imprints, then we're going to have two imprints, and that's it. And now we're just going to have everything be a black label book. That's right. Can we just make everything Joker and Harley? Well, we're getting there. And right, by true. we, I mean us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, of course, Inferior 5 uh, and 6 have both slipped. Uh, Inferior 5-5 is scheduled for the first week of March, and Inferior 5-6 is now slated for the last week of March. Mm. (sighs) That's a real Maybe Keith's busy doing other stuff. Who knows? I hope so. I hope he's doing well, you know? 
he's getting some. He's cashing those Maxwell Maxwell Lord checks from the new Wonder Woman movie coming out. So he should be okay. Well, last but not least, uh, not so much that we do movie discussion here, but there was a, a big movie uh, that neither one of us saw <laughs> this past <laughs> weekend, which was the Birds of Prey uh, and the Emancipation of the One Harley Quinn movie. Right. Clunky title, Joe. Clunky title. Clunky title indeed, Todd. Um, so... For completely for SEO search purposes, many, and by many, all, <laughs> movie theaters have changed the title of the film to Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. I wonder why. I guess just like you said, search reasons. Can't be anything else. Well, you know, we could sit here and say... You know, and everyone's like kind of touting that this is the lowest performing superhero movie since whenever. You know, obviously the Marvel ones all do buku bucks. And I think last year when Shazam came out, it did like 56 million opening weekend. And it was well below that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it has as much to do with the title. And I don't think it has as much to do with what a lot of people might think. It's like, oh, well, this is just like the all female Ghostbuster movie or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. This is based on a initial trailer that seemed strange and confusing, right? And mismarketing of a movie. This was a movie that was being marketed as a Harley Quinn movie, but not being called a Harley Quinn movie, which is a mistake. Which is a mistake. Um, and obviously, they're attempting to course correct. And there's not anything huge coming out Valentine's Day weekend, you know, genre specific, if you will. Uh, I could see this actually helping. I, I a little bit, I guess, but I don't. I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people were talking about what was it? The like at at one point, some people who who were tweeting about this movie who are name names like that work at certain companies were like, oh, it might be the weather or this or that, and I'm like. No, I think, you know, there's a problem here, like you said, with the marketing. And I do think the name hurts a lot, too, because I'm tired of clunky, stupid names for movies like Star Trek Into Darkness, The Rise of Skywalker. Not that that hurt that movie at all. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to think Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. It's just like, can't we just do easy, easy, easy names? But I don't know. I just think this is something that didn't click with you know with america so there's i think there's a a group of reasons all coming together like perfect storm to to you know have people not see this movie right so um i have to point out not clunky but awesome uh pointed out on the most recent episode of wings on wings right here from the soon to be named network the lamborghini (laughs) of podcast networks Right. Uh, Doug mentioned when they were naming some actor on the TV show Wings. I don't know. I've never seen an episode of Wings in my life. But he mentions that some actor was in the film Drive Angry, colon, shot in 3D, which was the <laughs> actual title of that Nick Cage movie. No. Everyone calls it, oh, that Nick Cage Drive Angry movie, which is what everyone calls it. But on the poster and on, like, the like the little, like, ley line at the bottom of the poster, the title of the movie was called Drive Angry, colon, shot in 3D. I think that was the tagline. It wasn't the actual name of the movie, probably. I think it was the name of the movie. Ugh. 
But this is not all. This is also not the first time that they've changed the title of a movie in recent memory. The aforementioned Ghostbusters movie, uh, the all-female Ghostbusters movie, quote unquote, was called Ghostbusters up until the weekend of its release, where the title was changed. And now, if you go and get the DVD of it and everything else like that, the title was changed to Ghostbusters: Answer the Call. Really? Yes. I've never seen that. Like, like when it's on my cable and in the in the the whatever you call it, the the graph as it's going by, or the information that you can get on your cable boxes now, it just always just calls it Ghostbusters, and then the date, you know, whatever date it was. So right. I never knew it was called the Answer the Call. To Duck Duck Go. Mm-hmm. Now Wikipedia and like all those other things will say that, but if you go and look at an actual like physical DVD copy of it, right. On the DVD copy of it, it says, Ghostbusters, answer the call. Ah, I guess you have to go by the DVD box. Uh-huh. Because that's the thing you're buying. You're not buying Wikipedia. Real, buying... real small underneath the title. Oh, like... Real <laughs> small under the title. <laughs> you have to, like, get closed and, like, turn Ooh, your head. Why do you? Right. Oh... Another one in more recent memory is, I don't know if you remember the Tom Cruise film, Edge of Tomorrow. Yes, I do. That's the one where Christian's partner was around tomorrow. The Edge of Tomorrow. But go ahead. Horrible. I know, terrible. So that's a movie that they retitled Live, Die, Repeat, colon, Edge of Tomorrow. Because Because Edge of Tomorrow tells you nothing about the movie. But Live, Die, Repeat was the name of the story, the book or story that it came from. Yes. So they were like, oh, maybe we'll get all those Live, Die, Repeat fans to come out. Right. And and that was one of those things where, you know, I saw the trailer a bunch of times and I'm like, I don't know, this just looks like another Tom Cruise movie. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, and it didn't really give you a lot of information. And I think that's part of the problem is a lot of times there's mismarketing of a film. And it just befuddles me. And I get they wanted to make, you know, the Birds of Prey a brand, but to do it off the thing of Harley Quinn and make it so clunky and weird, it's not the first time that it happened, but hopefully DC learns their lesson. Right. Right. And I will see uh, Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey or whatever the, it's called the Harley Quinn movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I will see it eventually. I just didn't want to, I didn't have anybody to go with the, the first weekend. But when you speak of great titles, Joe, there's a book. Uh, did you ever hear the, the, uh, the Jason Voorhees Friday the 13th character? I know you're a little horror fan. I have, and I am, I'm aware of him. Right. Did you ever hear that he had a dad actually had a book out for like for a while? It was called Friday the 13th Hate, Kill, Repeat. That is the greatest title of clunky titles ever. No, so, that's I, awesome, though. So I think maybe you should try and get that book. But I do love the title, Friday the 13th, Hate, Kill, Repeat. Very straightforward. Let's see, i got to look that up now. Mm-hmm. Put it on your Amazon wish list. Maybe I'll get it free for Christmas. There you go. It's a book. Came out mm-hmm. in 2005. Thought I was lying, didn't you? I didn't think you were lying, but, you know... When it comes to horror movies and stuff, you don't know things. Well, it's a great title. That's how I know it. Mm-hmm. 
what appears as though the audiobook is freely available on YouTube, so... Well, that's because, you know, it just it slightly outsold Nightfall, the audio series. <laughs> Anyone who'd spend money on that, God bless you. Oh, you need help. A lot of help. So, last but not least here, before we move on with the rest of the show, it's time for another segment of Grading on You and the further adventures of CGC Comics and everything that they're up to. Last week we discussed the uh, vanity stickers that you can get. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if you want to pay a little bit extra, you can get a Wolverine or a Deadpool or a Spider-Man, all of your favorite Marvel characters or a (laughs) Walking Dead-themed sticker on whatever book it is that you're going to get graded. But Todd... How am I going to get my book to CGC? I know they could be damaged. What if the you know the the person who's taking it doesn't follow the postman code? Oh my god, so much stress, Joe. I've listen. I've seen videos recently online, Todd, of <laughs> postal carriers completely mishandling books. Oh, if there was only a way to pack my books securely and send them off to CGC. Well, Todd, luckily CGC has come through <laughs> for you. Because oh. they have two different options available for you. Tell they me either more. have the small shipping kit for 1 to 10 books or the large shipping kit for 11 to 40 books. 41 and up books, you're on your own. No, you just have to buy two of the large shipping kits, Joe. Two? Two. If I bought two, I know what I'd send to CGC. Mm-hmm. So what the, well, so the small kit gets you 10 bags... Ten boards, two bubble bags, a initial box that says raw books inside, oh. because, you know, my postal carrier knows what that means. Mm-hmm. A return box marked fragile, <laughs> mm-hmm. just in case I'm sending it to Italy. Again, my, my postal carrier doesn't know what fragile means. I don't think they're going to know what raw books inside <laughs> means. <laughs> right, they're like now you get two bubble bags, but you also get two pieces of bubble wrap. Ooh, double bubble. Uh huh. A CGC pen and a CGC sticker, <gasps> and that's where they're gonna get me, Todd. Is the sticker? <laughs> right. No CGC pins. Mm-hmm. Oh. And of course, the eleven to forty is forty bags, forty uh uh boards, ten, four raw books and sides, four bubble bags, one return box. An outer box with stripe. Oh, okay. Mm, that's for that's a go faster stripe, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pen, the sticker, and you get honeycomb packing material. Mm, that's not small. No, no, no. <laughs> and I'll say this, Todd. You'd sent this to me, of course. And I don't want to see that. Say that this is another CGC opportunity, right? But this is actually a really good idea. Mm-hmm. This is actually, like, a real, you know, covering their bases sort of thing. Right. Because Um, I'm sure, you know, they're going to get, if you're serious about your CGCing, you'll probably do this. Because the actual materials that you're getting here are probably right around the same price, if not a little bit cheaper, than what it would be as if you went and got these things yourself. Right. See, I'd never shipped anything, so I'll take your word for it. Okay. The only reason I bring this up more specifically is, is one of the many podcasts that I listen to is the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. 
And they did a little bit of a segment today in regards to sending figures through the mail on how people can mess things up and things get damaged and so on and so forth. And this is really a good idea for them to look into of like point at these things. Like obviously, you know, the type of boxes that you're going to need to ship action figures versus comic books are going to be different. And I can't see Hawkins and Broski doing their own branded boxing and shipping materials, Mm -hmm. but someone should offer this. I, like I said, I, I see it. See, I don't know because I look at this as more of an opportunity because you can get all this stuff on your own. Um, the one thing that I don't understand, though, is they give you a return box, right? Is that the box that they're going to send your books back in? Yes. Well, here's the question I have for you, Joe. If I buy this set, right, why don't they keep the return box at the place they have it? And then send it to me. Well, if I send you your package, I obviously bought the kit. So now send me the box back. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Why send me the return box? Mm-hmm. Does does that make any sense to you? I'm assuming you, the person sending the books, are going to fill out, like, already address the books to come back. Like, uh, like, uh, uh, like put your address on the return box back to you. Basically a self-addressed stamped envelope. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. That's a that's a fair answer. But you see what I'm saying though? It's like it would send it would it would save them money that sending something extra in a package to you already to send right. you something you're going to send to them to send back to you. I, I don't know, but I like it's a, and the box that says raw books inside. I can only imagine what someone seeing that will think. Like mm-hmm. someone's buying adult books through the mail. Or I'm buying stupid wrestling magazines through the mail. It's raw. So I don't know. I, I just I just laugh at that because, like you said, you couldn't put, like, something breakable or bendable, do not bend on it, the postman code. You just put, you know, raw books. <laughs> like you said, no, we know what that is because we're in the know, but n- nobody else is going to know. And CGC does have uh, tutorials. Mm-hmm. On how to fill out both the small and large shipping kits. And sadly, they don't do them infomercial style, where, like, they do the person doing it wrong in black and white, and the person saying there's got to be a better way, and that sort of thing. (laughs) Real real missed opportunity there. My favorite is still Wonder Wrench, because we worked a lot back in the day when we had the quarry that we stole. Uh, It would... It would be like Wonder Wrench, and the the nut would be just like right out at the top of the table, and the guy'd be clunking around with a wrench like a, like a lunatic, and then be like, "If there was only an easier way," and I'm like, "That's the easiest nut to un untighten in my life, and you're having trouble with it." And I like I said, I love when when all of it. The only way it would be better is if you once told me about the the thing that helped you put your socks on or the shoes and get Gilbert Godfrey to do the CGC tutorial. Yes, the the Shudini. Shudini, would you want some CGC book sent? That's my Gilbert Godfrey, by the way. He would. You would need to do that. He they'll get Gilbert to do the magazine ones when he's sending his famous Monsters of Filmland books around the world. There you go. Yes. So, um, one place that I know that you might be able to go and get your books CGC'd, uh, hopefully, maybe I don't know. 
uh, is at a convention this weekend. There's not a ton of conventions going on, uh, but there is the Imperial Valley Comic Con in El Centro, California. Uh, lots of cosplay-type folks and video game-type people there. They call it a Comic Con, but it seems to be more of a gaming thing. Uh, but on the comic book side of things, Kyle Higgins is going to be there. Oh, I know Kyle Higgins. Kyle Higgins, where have ye gone? I know he was doing some uh, independent stuff for Image. I know there was a couple of books he had, like, last year or so, but I don't know what he's doing right now. I know uh, most recently he was doing the um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers book over at Boom. I know he had a book, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was... Basically, like a little Russian town that was that was made like American. They were going to send, uh, like you know, like uh, infiltration people. Like it was like, oh, you live like America here, so you know what it's like when you get there. And it was like a whole spy thing from Image last year that I tried. But that's the other than Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. And the Power Rangers book is actually. Are you talking about Cowl? No, Cowl was way before that, and I really enjoyed that. Right. But yeah, uh, come back to like, the superhero side of things. Kyle Higgins did a lot of really good books. Yep, he did Nightwing with Eddie Barrows. That was mm-hmm. my favorite. And uh, yeah, the links to that will be in the show notes, along with links to the soon-to-be-named network at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com or soon-to-be-namednetwork.tumblr.com, where all the shows in our group of like-minded individuals, whether it be this show, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Puzzle Warriors 3, Big dealings over in the world of Puzzle Warriors and Marvel Puzzle Quest, Todd. They finally opened up Shield Clearance Level 10 after two years of introducing Shield Clearance Levels. Oh my goodness, I was worried, Joe. Yep, they opened uh, 1 through 9 to start, and then they had 10 coming soon, and here we are two years later, and it's finally here. Good to know. Yes, uh, profane arguments. I understand there's a lot of things going on in the world of politics, Todd. <laughs> I I will take your word for it. Yes. I stay off the the news sites, if you will. Yes, the newest addition to the soon to be named network, the aforementioned Wings on Wings podcast, uh, where DJ Brett, Michelle, and Doug, maybe other folks, who knows, uh, are watching episode by episode the TV sitcom Wings while eating chicken wings with a variety of different sauces. Sounds delightful. We have uh, several wrestling-themed shows, uh, from Final Wrestling Place to Wednesday Night War to At Odds with Wrestling. And anytime any of these other folks appear on other shows and they let me know, it'll all appear there so you can keep up with all the doings of all your favorite cast of characters from the soon-to-be-named network, soon-to-be-namednetwork.com, soon-to-be-namednetwork.tumblr.com. Let's move over to digital sales and freebies. There is a ton of new sales. All the sales that have kind of been hanging around for the last couple months are all gone. (laughs) We have all new ones coming in. Uh, Marvel is having a sale on something called Dawn of X. I don't know what that is. Uh, DC is having a sale on... They're having a power couple sale because it's Valentine's Day. And of course, Dark Knight Returns is in there. (laughs) Sadly... Batman Year One is not in there. Well, Batman Year One wasn't a love story. Well, it was the beginnings of a love story, Todd. Yes, Batman's love for punching people in the face. Well, listen, we all have our passions. (laughs) That is true. 
Uh, IDW is having sales uh, on horror and video game themed stuff, uh, bolstered by the hopeful success of the Lock and Key Netflix show and the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that's coming out for Valentine's Day. Because mm, Sonic 2 is for lovers. That's I was going to say. Do they have a hate kill repeat on sale? Ah, uh, that I don't know. I don't. Okay. I think that was an actual book. novel, yeah. not right. like a comic book. Or something. No, it was an actual book. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, and I need to fix this Uh-oh. in my show notes. Uh, Image is having a sale on crime books, and I tell you, there's nothing I like more uh, over at Image than their crime stuff. You know, because that's criminal. That's also things like that. That's like some of the best stuff. Yes, it is. That image does these days. Uh, Chew is included in there. Moonshine is included in there. Southern Bastards is included in there. All all your favorites and my favorites, Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, Marvel is having a sale on Nick Spencer-related stuff. And, you know, your mileage may vary on his current run of Amazing Spider-Man, but this sale is absolutely worth it to pick up Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Uh, you can get the entire run of arguably one of the best comic books, period. I'm not going to put any sort of caveat of last five years, last ten years, whatever it is. The entire run of one of the best comic books of all time for 11 bucks. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's... that's something that I own in, like, quadruplicate. I have the single issues, I have the trades, I have the hardcover, and this was around that weird time, and I know you don't do this, but Marvel books have, like, a digital redeem code. Yep. And there was a period of time during that run of Superior Foes of Spider-Man where Marvel just decided for, like, six months, we're not going to give you the digital code for that book, but we're going to give you the digital code for, like, three other rando books. Right. And surprisingly, that went over like a lead balloon. (laughs) Not a great idea. Right. Not Marvel's best idea. Right. So. But see, I look at it as those books aren't mint now because you ripped off the code sticker. So what are you going to do? You'd be surprised on what some people consider them to be mint and not mint, Todd. I bet I would. You'd be surprised. (laughs) So the links to all of those will be in the show notes, of course, uh, along with the other freebies that are available. They have not changed. I did check just before we started recording, of course. And uh, Todd. Yes. Let's get into it. Let's talk about what we read from this past week, sir. Sure. Uh, Do you want me to start with X-Men plus Fantastic Four number one? Yes, please. Yep. Uh, Basically, this is the story of... Uh, Franklin Richards, who is one of the world's most powerful mutants, uh, who's the son of uh, Reed Richards and Sue Storm of the FF, and his he, superpowered, but his powers are slowly disappearing as he uses them. So Reed's trying to figure out a way to replenish them, and he has a few theories. Um, while all this is going on, uh, Professor X, who's on... Krakoa? I forget the name of the island, but where they have established a new Genosha, this mutant paradise, have decided that they should bring Franklin into the fold. So they send Kitty Pride, who through 
the beautiful uh, thing of Asterix telling you from 19, a 1987 miniseries that she was friends with Franklin in a situation. So they were going to send her because he'll probably remember uh, him. So they do. They go. And uh, Franklin's mad at Reed because he can't fix his powers. But so he goes to talk to, to Ben, who's in the same boat. And Ben's like, don't ever t- talk bad about your father. He's working real hard. To fix this. So, like, there's all that interaction that I really like. I'm a little confused by the X-Men stuff. Uh, but when they do get there, they're like, all right, we're, we're interested in taking him. They're like, you're not taking our kid. He's us. A fight breaks out. Uh, Xavier's kind of a jerk about saying that, you know, he should be with us. And Reed cuts his, you know, his whole argument out from under him. And then Reed does something that is very like logical, but not very empathic to, to Franklin and Franklin gets mad at him. And and Charles cuts the legs out from under Reed's uh, argument and goes like, he's probably going to show up with us very, very soon because of what you did. And spoiler alert, he does get mad at, at, at his father and he goes off to, to be with the mutants, but he ends up getting sidetracked and they're, going someplace else and then i'm like i'm I'm enjoying this story but then they throw something in that todd will always buy i'm not going to say what it is but you can guess what it is um i enjoyed this story it looked beautiful because it was terry dodson's art who you know who was on a bit of a hiatus and now apparently he's he's back to do this project but uh i i enjoyed it i really thought chip sadarsky had a great handle on the fantastic four characters like i said because i didn't read the x stuff i was a little weirded out on some of the X stuff and Xavier is really coming off as a jerk in this. So I want to see where it goes. So Todd, you said it yourself when it comes to this book, uh, Zdarsky handled the fantastic four stuff. You really enjoyed that little bit of a run that he had on that Marvel two in one book mm-hmm. from a couple years back. The X-Men stuff was confusing and Xavier was a jerk, right? Why do we even write new X-Men stories? What, because they all stay sound alike, or is that what you're saying? It certainly seems as though a book that has all this change happening in it, that's been a linchpin of X-Men stories for the better part of the last 30-plus years. And I know I'll be riling up some X-Fans with this, but mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's time to like change things up a bit. I know, I, 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 I get you, but... I, it's only a mini, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna read it, and I hope when Dan, you know, steps down as FF, they give Chip Zdarsky the book proper. Did you read it at all, or no? No, okay, just curious. I coulda, shoulda, woulda, uh, but I don't know. I don't get lit up when it comes to X Men stuff, you know. Fair enough. And besides, you had you had to watch all that stuff for the TV talk later, so. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Horrible. You're a monster. <laughs> so what about Hawkeye, Joe? Hawkeye right. Fall Free Fall. Yeah, is so, that what it is? Uh, Hawkeye Free Fall. This is one of those books that uh, I missed when it first came out, and then issue two came out last week, and then issue three comes out this week. <laughs> it's a lot of Hawkeye so, Free Fall. It's, it's hitting hot and fast, right? So <laughs> uh, we have the two issues to discuss, uh, written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Otto Schmidt. A name you could set your German timepiece to if I've ever heard one. That's right. So uh, I haven't I haven't been following what Hawkeye's been up to lately in a lot of the other books. I did not know that he was romantically entwined with the Night Nurse. Unless that's just something they started in this book and you never know. That's true. 
Um, and maybe this is something you could correct me on. Did I not know that the night nurse's uh, name was uh, Linda Evans? Linda Carter? Linda Carter, that's what it was. I think somebody had a crush on somebody when they created that character years right. ago. Yes, yes. So the, the the main thing of this book is Hawkeye is, you know, attempting to live his Hawkeye life. He's <laughs> trying to take down crime. Uh, he runs a file a foul of the hood. And while this is going on, he also runs into Ronan, one of his previous personas that he did when he died and came back and other people were um and of course everyone's accusing him of being Ronan. And then he even battles Ronan alongside Winter Soldier and Falcon. Luke Cage is in the book. Iron Man is in the book. Uh there's a straightforward mystery that's going on with this. There's a B plot involving the hood that's involved in all this as well. I enjoyed this. This is a light, fun, straightforward action book with a little bit of a mystery in it. And there's a cliffhanger at the end of issue two that kind of flies in the face of everything that the previous two issues have shown you. Everything... So I'm like, hey, I'm intrigued. I want to see what happens next. That's right. And at issue two, everything we knew is a lie, Joe. Yes. But uh, yeah, I read this book too. I was very interested. It had a fun, light feel to it, a comedic like a feel it felt like you know like a like a quantum and woody kind of kind of feel to it or something like he's the he's the bumbling avenger but he he you know does well and everything like that he, he's not like he's failing at every turn but he's just he's he's a misfit in everything that he does to like going to a charity gala and they're like wow like clint just does not understand how charities work right. and and you find out that he was there for a whole nother reason to kind of impress his girlfriend and it didn't work. Um, he's, he's the lovable, not a complete loser is the best way to say it. And, and I enjoyed it and I would definitely pick up this book more if I could get my hands on a copy of a first printing. Cause I won't buy anything unless I have all first printings. But, uh, I, well, I think I'll, I'll give this book uh, a few more tries though, even though I can't, you know, I have to get a second print for number one. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's only a four issue miniseries, mm-hmm. and oh, I'll say it's this: not an ongoing. I, no, I thought it was an ongoing, but then again, like we always say, we never know what's a mini and an ongoing anymore. I'm almost certain it's a mini. Okay, and I'll say this: I really like the art in this. I, uh, I, I'm, not, I wasn't familiar with uh, Otto Schmidt's art, but I really liked uh, the kind of more angular take on things that he had for. For stuff made it feel like a comic book. Um, I it, I didn't appreciate the art when it started, um, but it kind of grew on me because then I kind of got what the feel of the book was. You know what I mean? And then yes. that's when I, when I came around to it. I don't love it. I'm not going to say I'm in I'm in love with the art, but I'm kind of like I, I was like, oh, this is a little little cartoony for me. Blah blah blah. And then it was like, oh, okay, I see what you're going for here, but I still it doesn't wow me. That's the best way to put it. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you checked it out. I need to be, do my more due diligence in uh reading everything, but you know, sometimes time gets away from me. That's right. If only I was some sort of lord over time. Oh, then you'd have all the time in the world. That's right. So, that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. 
If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them uh, digitally, whether you get them shipped to your home in a box that fits 11 of 40 <laughs> comic books that says raw books inside, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned and be forearmed. Uh, know what's coming out. Have enough bags and backs and boards and everything else that you need to to get your comics to and from. Mm -hmm. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week, as we have done, I would say, for what, the better part of the last five years of doing this podcast? Oh, my God. I try not to think about the years, Joe. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we just recently came upon, like, the five-year... Uh, for no reason, I was going back through some older emails uh, that I'd sent uh, involving the other show. No reason. Right. And uh, I was right around five years ago this time where it kind of was starting to flip. Right. And I always like how we do this and we, we figure out the bet as we go home in on the home stretch, you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, I am currently in the lead with two correct guesses over Todd. I am looking at Todd bo Todd's books uh flash giant number three that's one of those walmart gimmicks right yes but it's with the cover that you get from the the comic shop version you know what i mean not that it matters but i don't know if you know that they have that it comes out a month early in walmart a month later in comic shops with a different cover which i think is ridiculous not confusing enough but it's quite the opportunity dc has going on with those books huh mm -hmm. so um who is doing the new material in that I believe Gail Simone is doing the new material. Okay. I'm going to guess the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Thor number three. It is Thor number three. Oh, yeah. I've been really enjoying the Thor, the angle that they have going on. I'm looking over your books, and is the book you're looking forward to most Immortal Hulk number 31? It is Immortal Hulk number 31, yes. Good. I didn't lose any ground this week. Yes, yes. That uh, that Batman uh, Alfred Pennyworth R.I.P. book was a, a bit of a red herring, if you will. It was, but I'm enjoying the Batman run, so I want to see. And it is Tinian, so. Oh, okay. Or I think there's multiple stories, but Tinian has the main one, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, while you're over at longboxheroes.com checking out the poll post, be sure to check out everything else that is going on over at Longbox Heroes. Whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the 2017 Smash Sensation, Todd and Joe Have Issues, our store, uh, where you could purchase shirts or stickers or pins with our fancy logo on them. You could also head over to our Tee Public store. I don't think there's much time left in the sale. Hopefully you saw the tweets Earlier today, uh, of the sale going on, with everything was like 35% off. Uh, there's always another sale coming on. We'll be doing a much more concerted effort to let you know of those as they happen. You can also help us out by subscribing to our Patreon by heading over to patreon.com slash longboxheroes, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get both of our bonus shows, uh, Previewing the Past and Babbling Brooks. Previewing the Past going through 30 years ago to this month, previews catalog to see what the world of the comic book industry looked like and babbling brooks which is the film ovure of comedy legend mel brooks if you want those before everyone else along with after dark before everyone else you can go to the five dollar and up tier and uh get everything before everyone else does 
Uh, we do have some more premium tiers. The one-time hit for either forty dollars for Raven, professional wrestler, or forty-nine dollars for the <laughs> Rob himself. You have them do a cameo to your liking. Of course, they have fa- final right of approval. Uh, where they would record an intro or something for the show. And like I said, it would be a one-time hit. And you would get, like, all the other benefits for the month if you decided to do that. Uh, but, the you know, the $1 or the $5 gets you those bonus shows. Uh, like I said, the $5 also gets you them before everybody else and after dark before everyone else. So be sure to look into that if you want to help us out. But the most important way that you can help us out, the way that does not cost you anything extra other than your normal spending habits online, is by making all of your Amazon purchases through our Amazon click-through at the top of the page at longboxheroes.com. Uh, they call it an advertising fee. I call it thing that makes Todd very happy when he gets his cut of the money at the end of the month or sometimes at the beginning of the following month. Believe me, I'm keeping track of all this. Nobody's getting shortchanged, believe me. I believe it. Wink. Some of the more notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week is someone purchased a Amazon Basics. And, they, you know, Amazon Basics brand... You know, your mileage may vary there, uh, but I noticed, like, their electronics-y stuff works better than most. Uh, they purchased an HDMI adapter. Uh, somebody also purchased an Xbox Game Pass, a $12, or $12, a 12-month subscription, which is uh, no small item, so thank you very much for that. Somebody also purchased the entire series deluxe limited edition Blu-ray of Batman Beyond. Thank you very much for that as well. And somebody also purchased a pack of five Pilot Precise uh, collection, deco collection, refillable, retractable, liquid ink rolling ball pens. And I haven't been on my pen game lately, and seeing these show up on the Amazon click-throughs almost ignited that inside of me to to get back into my fancy pen game. Ah, maybe it was one of your pen pals. Oh, boy. Remember remember uh, when Woody showed up on Cheers? He was Coach's pen pal? No, I don't. Well, that's, he comes in. He's like, oh, you guys wrote letters to each other? He's like, no, we used to send pens back and forth. <laughs> and they were like, we like you. Do you want to you wanna be our bartender? <laughs> I was, it, was, it was on the other day I saw, and I was, like, cracking up at that. So, so thank you, everyone, for... Any and all of your purchases uh, through the Amazon click-through. Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We had one art attack from Fred Chamberlain. And he says, I may never own a page from Ron Friend's Amazing Spider-Man run. Uh, This page from Hobgoblin Lives hits many of the key elements. Great battle between Spidey and Hobby. I think that's short for Hobgoblin. Um, All the energy that Friends brought to the original... uh, series and it's you know it's a beautiful page of hobgoblin and spider-man fighting and uh you know that's very cool that's i mean something you would probably like joe because you're a big spider-man guy right i am i did see that one pop up and uh, i did like that one very much yes so there you go we i can i think if i ever go over his place i could steal that for you but just don't oh, tell perfect him. just don't tell him like and cut this part out because he listens sometimes, so he'll never hear this, right? Uh, right, right. I could put, like, a disclaimer that says, do not listen, Fred. Gotch, good. We're good to go, then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, uh, where else was I going with this? So, yeah, uh, I guess that's it for the show this week before we get into some TV talk, eh? 
Yeah, lots of te- three shows I think we have to talk about. Mm, three shows, eh? Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, if you did not watch or do are not <laughs> caught up with or what have you with the most recent episodes of The Flash, The Legends of the Tomorrow, and The Doctor, The Who, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you all here next week, and uh, I'll give myself like a second or two here to get over to that. So I guess we'll start with The Flash. Okay. With its cool new opening. Right. I Ooh, I did like the new, the new opening, yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is the fallout, everything that has come from the Flash stories that had to get put on hold from the beginning of this season Mm -hmm. up to uh, everything that happened from Crisis on Infinite Earths. Exactly. And you've got pretty much three stories going on. You've got Barry's story uh, in regards to Ollie's mask. You've got Iris trying to get caught back up with the story that she was involved in. And then I guess the sea story of Cisco trying to make heads or tails of everything and kind of just being at odds, pun intended, with uh, Wells. Right. I want to save that one for the for the last part. Um, uh, the Iris story was was interesting because they go to McCulloch Technologies, which is spoiler alert. That was the Mirror Master shoot name, the second Mirror Master, because uh, the first one was Sam Scudder. So, but that was Evan McCulloch, and now it looks like there's an Ava McCulloch. So, I guess we're getting a female Mirror Master. But all of that seems to, to be going down that line. I was semi interested in it, but uh, I, I want to see. And then it ends up you see Iris being pulled into a mirror, uh, which is i don't know interesting along the uh, uh, along that her family and her associates were being hunted down by uh the female dr light who who first appeared actually in the crisis on infinite earths miniseries so i thought that was kind of cool but her powers seem to work a little differently maybe they charge a gun i'm not 100 percent sure we'll see down the line so i kind of like this that 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 storyline i wasn't blown away by it what did you think of that third of the show uh, I thought that part was maybe some of the the stronger Iris stuff that there's been in quite some time. Right, I agree with that. But uh, and then the second part was Barry trying to, and I want to tell you this part because because uh, Diggle John Diggle showed up to to give Barry the mask, and this takes place before the the final episode of Arrow was on before this episode, but this the scenes with him take place before the final episodes of Arrow, because I want to tell you something that happened. You don't need to know what happened to any of the other characters in Arrow, but John Diggle's character was like, at the end of Arrow was like, all right, there's nothing here for me in star city anymore. Me and my wife and the kids are moving to Metropolis and his family's going and the moving van leaves. He goes to get in his car and this green thing crashes into the ground next to him. It's a little box. He picks it up and you can't see him open it, but his eyes get really wide and there's a green glare on his face to insinuate that John Diggle is now a green lantern. Interesting. Right. So, and in the story, his father was named something Stuart, but it looks like they had a falling out and he may have taken his mother's maiden name. So his actual legal name may be John Stewart. That's all like, right. So it was all confusing to me the way they did it. Then somebody pointed it out to me. 
I don't I know just, if I like that. I just thought you might want to know that he might be John Stewart, the Green Lantern, and John Stewart was a Marine, like Diggle and everything. So it's really weird. But with the show's ending, I don't think we're going to see John Diggle be Green Lantern, and then we're getting that HBO whatever Warner Brothers show with the two Green Lanterns. So unless he goes over to that, which I doubt, um, I think that's the end of us seeing Green Lantern on in the Arrowverse. Oh, Todd, I don't like that. Oh, but I just thought you should know. Would you rather I kept it a secret? Oh, I'm glad I know that, but that's... Cop, a cop-out? Yeah, that's some ham-fisted retconning if I've ever heard it. Right. Um, I mean, that that thing that we learned was about John Stewart's father, or John Diggle's father, was either... And many episodes or last season, so they kind of—I guess they were—they were steering into it. You know what I mean? But I—I th- I do think it is a cop out. But I—I yeah. I thought that storyline—that storyline was interesting because you got to see like Flash come to terms with the with Ollie's death, and he was working on the mask. He thought it was a clue when it really wasn't anything. And it's just sometimes you have to move on with your life. It and. Was- it was just that Ollie wanted to have a peanut butter sandwich before he died, and he didn't have a napkin, so he used that mask. He didn't feel that strongly about it, even though he left it to Wally or Barry in his will. Wally, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Stop it. But go ahead. Um, but I thought the strongest stuff was the Cisco and Wells stuff and them dealing with all the fallout from the Earths all coming together. Right. And there's a couple of things that I want to mention here is I want the who's who binder of cards. Yes. I would just make that a thing because I have every other version of who's who ever made. And I want that one. And then when he's like, now we have this hodgepodge, I'm like, now we can get a legit rainbow Raider. We can get a, a, a good captain cold. We can get, uh, I'm trying to think of other characters. We can get a real uh, Bumblebee instead of uh, the one from The Walking Dead. So we'll see. But also when he found the map and he's like, here's Metropolis, here's so-and-so, and here's all the cities. Do you know what was on that map, Joe, that brings my heart joy and it grew three sizes too big when I found out about it? What? There's an island, a little island on that map. Named Cooey Cooey <gasps> Cooey Joe. No. Yes, it's on the map. <laughs> so we may get we may get a club JLI on Cooey Cooey Cooey. You do that storyline, and Flash just Flash will jump Legends of Tomorrow just for that one episode. Now again, listen, Flash is now the linchpin of this whole universe. Mm-hmm. Now that Arrow is gone, which is, you know, Arrow got to be the linchpin because they started things. Yes. Um, But that cooey, cooey, cooey storyline from the the Justice League International, if that's not the penultimate Legends of Tomorrow storyline, I don't know what is. Can you imagine, like, like, Haywood and, like, them just building a casino with the money that they get? Oh my God, I would watch that. And like an idiot savant, like villain, another one just cleans them out. Oh, so good. I would watch that. I would, that would be the greatest episode of comic book TV ever made. Well, like I said, Flash was good. Uh, Like I said, I thought the, the Barry stuff was the weakest, you know, just because I don't have that attachment to Green Arrow. Mm -hmm. And if they are attempting to make Diggle, Jon Stewart, Green Lantern, 
lazy. I don't know. I, I'm still not. I'm still not over that. Right. Uh, but moving on to good TV shows from this past week, Legends of Tomorrow. This this past week, mm-hmm. boy howdy. We get them going back to the 40s because there's more and more folks that have come back. We get a little bit more of the why and the how this is happening uh, because Constantine goes to hell and has the conversation with, and her name is escaping me right now. Uh, Ardris, Adra? Because right. she's, the, she's the, the little girl he didn't save yes. in the TV show and in the classic comic, the Newcastle incident. But go ahead. And she's the one who's kind of sending all of these horrible people from time back. And instead of collecting people in the jars, they're just going to keep people captive on the time ship itself. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a C plot, I guess, with Nate's. And Zari, and I don't really care about any of that, to be completely honest with you. That was the weakest stuff for me. The strongest stuff, of course, was uh, our A-story our a people doing all sorts of fun accents. Mm-hmm. And our B-story, which uh, resulted in Ava singing. Okay. I'm with you. My favorite part was John Constantine doing a terrible American accent. A oh terrible, great American accent. Exactly, because he he you know does uh, Amer- I've seen him do American accent, whatever. But like when he's doing John doing an American accent, I was crying. I'm like, and then even later, like the the the, the woman who was the you know who's part of the, the femme fatale of the episode is like, I didn't fall for your for your fake you know English a- American accent. He's like, well, I didn't fall for your stuff either, and I, I was doing that. But Ava doing the distraction. And the first few, like the first minute of the distraction in her head is flawless. It's the way she's seeing herself. And then when it hit, I could not stop crying when she was like, that girl is poison. I was like, and she was drunk out of her mind. It was terrible. And Mick, Mick was cracking me up with it. I, I was, the, I was like, that's when this show shines. When, when this is what you're doing, I'm 100% fine with it. Right, and, and you know, what led up to that was Ava kind of felt as though she didn't have a place anymore because she was in charge of the Time Bureau, and now she's just another cog in the machine because Sarah's the actually one in charge, and her and Rory's mission this time was just to kind of sit and watch things. And drink. <laughs> right, and drink. And that led to that fantastic scene, and it was fantastic. Um, I would say top five all-time scenes in Legends history, and that... Uh, Top five non hat non wig scene. Let's put that caveat in there because <laughs> right. if we include the if we include the, the 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 wig and hat scenes, it's definitely top fifty. It is Cold War. Damien DeHark is way up there with with wig scenes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought the you know. Um, Legend of Tomorrow allows itself to kind of lend itself to, you know, it's like, oh, well, we're going to do like, you know, a kind of a noir thing this time. And we're going to do a little bit of this and we're going to do a little bit of that and we're going to do a little bit of comedy so they can kind of mix it up. You know, Mm -hmm. the masters at telling time travel on TV is Legend of Tomorrow. You mean the time masters? Yeah. Well, they're masters of time, they would say. That is true. I mean, they they pretty much are the best time travelers on tv or close to it joe 
so, well, at least what I, you know, at least this week they are. That is um, true. But yeah, I thought Legend Tomorrow was really good. I thought Flash was really good. And uh, Todd, I have an admission to make. You have, okay, what do you got? Yes. Uh, listen, I'm I'm nothing if not honest here on this show and all other shows that I'm part of. <laughs> Uh, we had a very busy week, of course, with these two shows coming back. Uh, if you li- if you listen to the Patreon shows, we reviewed the Mel Brooks movie Twelve Chairs, and uh, time just got away from me, pun intended, as I've said many times throughout the course of this show. <laughs> and I completely forgot to watch Doctor Who this week. I know I got a one. Oh, you're so you're so great. But I'm gonna say, Joe, I should admonish you, and and just just belittle you. But if you picked an episode to to whiz past it was this one um it was a very boring episode and this is me saying it the doctor and the crew end up fighting someone who is stealing uh dreams and horror to to feed another person who's an immortal and then the doctor pretty much beats them and in the end them and in the course of it we find out we have a vision through her dream of maybe what the, the we see of the timeless child it it was really bad, some of the effects that they did. And I'm almost glad you didn't see it, so I don't have to sit here and defend it. So um, you didn't miss much. So there you go. That's me being honest, because you were honest with me. And uh, how many um, more episodes are left this season? I was wrong last week when I said there was two or three, it's, I think there are now four episodes left and a special down, uh, down the line. We don't know when we're going to get. So, so there's four, I think left. Gotcha. So there are four episodes in a special. You probably won't watch. Um, if you remind me, I will. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. When do you want me to remind? Well, I'll set my phone to remind me to send you a text. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think this week I'll remember since I, I so horribly forgot, the, you know, this past week. I just want you to know, you didn't just let me down, Joe. You oh, let the goodness. you let the listeners down. You let yourself down. That you know, that's really what you did is you let yourself down. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to let it go this time. But if you slip up again, boy, howdy, I'm going to have to bring the guns to bear, Joe. I promise this will never happen again. Uh, it was foolish. <laughs> and uh, please don't make light of this. Okay. Uh, but I'm glad I missed a bad episode. The only one bad episode of Doctor <laughs> Who and I missed it. Yep. Lost time. Yes. All right. Well, I got a lot of editing to do. oh boy so this has been episode 489 of long box heroes for todd this is joe saying thanks everyone for listening and we'll see y'all here next week remember be a faucet not a drain You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.